0: Live from the ESPN 690 Anichar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. All right, so here's the deal.
1: Austin's getting ready for a fight on Saturday night. I feel like I'm in a battle right now. Not the HOA anymore. Got that settled. Hope you saw the mailbox looking good. My goodness, I didn't think HOA conversation would get so much activity.
0: Twitter, in for
1: the it? show. No, nah, but we kind of hated on the HOA yesterday, and people wanted to join well, this conversation. Right. I think we could do a weekly show. Like Don't we do like uh, those shows on the weekends on OKV or something? Yeah. like We should do a weekly HOA show, and it would be great. That's just an idea. Uh, I I mean, I'd be about it. I, I mean, I don't deal with an HOA, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to soon. I couldn't believe the, the vitriol, if you will. For the HOA's. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, and God bless you if you work for the HOA. I'm sorry. Um, it's not personal. It just looks like a broad thing. But meanwhile, the battle is we have the start of football. We have football tonight. The NFL. We've had a little college football, got a little taste of high school football, but we have the NFL tonight. The biggest thing in this country is the NFL. That's what people watch. That's what makes the world go round in sports. And it starts tonight with the Chiefs and the Texans. We'll talk a little bit about it. But for us locally, obviously the Jaguars get going this weekend. And if you follow us on TV and radio, you know the Jaguars. Well, we have a lot of shows, we have a lot of things, it's a lot happening, and so uh, you can really feel the wheels turning. I've tried to say that a few times in the last month, and it is just a sincere sign that things are happening, and uh, we're about to get football. And it still doesn't feel real, because doesn't it feel like now all of a sudden we've waited, 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 and 2020 has taken forever, but now the NFL season is sneaking up on us because we never saw a preseason snap. So our mentality is so just out of whack here in 2020. All right, I got something else going on. Thanks for listening, by the way, because I kind of needed it. Been running all over the place, which I love. Check the box, cross off the list. Big fan of it. I love when it's busy. And so the Dream 18, for some wild reason that I've yet to figure out, I put the Dream 18 on the day after the way that the regular season starts uh, in football. And, and all this stuff launches, and, and we've got so much going on. But so it's Monday. And uh getting ready for it, and we're ahead of things, and things are looking good, sold out. We appreciate everybody being a part of it and supporting. Right now, if you go to actionsportshackstream18.com, by the way, you can't get in the tournament, but you can bid on some silent auction items, and we've got some cool items. Uh, but anyway, I go pick up some tables from Fields Cadillac uh, out there in Orange Park off Blanding, and because they help us out with uh, supplying some tables, they have some for events they do. And so I put them in the back of my truck, and... Load them up and ready to go. And, Coos, I I get out of the Cadillac, Fields Cadillac, and I'm going to go to Costco now because I need to pick up some masks just in case people don't have masks and gloves, serving food, all that kind of stuff on Monday. You got to do these things now. This is new in 2020, right? You got to take this into consideration. So I just run over to Costco. It's about a mile from the place. Well, I take a, a turn at the light to get back on 295. All of a sudden, like the tables in the back, I hear them shift. I was like, okay, there's some rooms. There's some room back there. Well, it didn't only shift. I go about another 20 yards, and now two tables are in the middle of Blanding Boulevard. (laughs) That's like, like final destination stuff. I, like, froze. I was like, what am I supposed to do here? And now, thankfully, I had taken a U-turn there, which is legal, uh, and nobody's behind me immediately. It's not like this row of traffic, so I don't hit a car, uh, thankfully. But that light, you know Blanding Boulevard, now it's a busy place. And that light's about to turn green, and, well, it does turn green, and now there's two tables in the middle of uh, Blanding Boulevard. Did they make it? They actually uh, did okay, and I have to give a salute to start the show. There were a couple of fellas at the gas station right there, and they must have seen it happen. And before I knew it, I pull over to the side of the road, and they have the table, they're going to get the tables. And fortunately, it was safe because Blanding, uh traffic stopped uh, for them. They get the tables and they bring them to me and really, all, after all that, not too bad. Like, it could have been worse. Let's just say that. I think one of the tables might get a tire mark on it. <laughs> I have to check on that table. Not sure if that one's going to work on Monday. Uh, and I might old Cadillac a table.
0: That was <laughs> yeah.
1: so, We'll see about that one, but if that was the worst of it, that's all good. But here's the problem with that situation. Now, I'm, I don't know what happened. Like, it's not like they flew out of the bed of my truck. I have a cover on the bed of my truck. And my tailgate was not open. Like, I closed the tailgate. But I have the, the tailgates now on these new trucks have, like, two levels. One at the top part comes down or the whole thing comes down. And so what I'm not sure of is if I hit a button or hit the button just to make the top part came down come down because that's where it came out of that was down the top half oh, of the tailgate okay. not the whole tailgate the top half but now I put the tables back in I close the tailgate up and I'm like well is something wrong here or was did I hit the button by accident did I not close it completely and I'm getting on the highway so that's the nervous part now is I'm just, I locked the doors. I'm like, God, I'm holding onto that steering wheel, like going like 40 miles an hour and trying to, uh, just hope that tables aren't flying out behind me. The moral of the story is I stopped at home, made sure I emptied the tables and uh, nobody else got hurt, uh, during this segment on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. But, uh, that's been my day so far. Uh, Getting ready for the Dream 18, it's a dangerous job sometimes. Jaguars are getting ready for a season opener against the Colts. How good are the Colts? A little bit of that today. Oh, and you're going to love this. I told you when Austin wasn't here today and maybe even tomorrow, I'm going to give a little sunshine and rainbow so he can't clamp it down, so he can't rain on the parade. I was thinking of something. How do the Jaguars exceed expectations? Why would the Jaguars, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark, the rest. Why are they thinking that they might be better than we think they are? And nobody thinks they are good, by the way. So uh, why do they think that? Why would they believe that? How would it happen that, let's just say this, the Jaguars could reach the ceiling of expectations in 2020, which, quite frankly, I think is like an 8-8 eight and eight year. I think that's like their ceiling. So how do they get there? Uh, we talk so much about, in the last few months, about are they tanking? How bad are they going to be? They're one of the worst teams with Washington, uh, and maybe Carolina. Uh, what number pick are they going to have? All these things, but what about how do they get to reach their ceiling? Which again, I don't think is pretty is very high. If I'm being honest with you, uh, but how do they get there? I've got a little roadmap today, and that's where we're going to start uh, in, in in our segment when we come back on Jags. But how do they get to eight and eight even how do they exceed people's expectations and why might they feel like they can do that why might they feel like it's attainable in reality not just speak not just because you're a competitor and you think you can win and you think you might be better than you really are but why do they think that? Uh, that's where we're going to begin. We also have some NFL predictions. Yesterday we did like our division winners. What about like MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year? Any thoughts on that? Overrated team, underrated team. Could the Jacks fit in the underrated team? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, one of my teams that made the playoffs yesterday could fit in an underrated team, at least in my opinion. Let's have a little bit of that. NBA playoffs have been. Remember the. Were you even born when they did the NBA? Is fantastic. I don't remember that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You don't remember the NBA is fantastic? Uh, well, they used to say that. There used to be a spot. Google it, and it will be a spot that they ran. And I kind of believe it has been fantastic. Whether you like it or not, the NBA games have been really, really good. And another one last night. We're going to a Game 7 with uh, Boston and Toronto. So we got a lot to get to. Why not, right? We're here until 6 o'clock. A little high school football to talk about as well. What fans can expect at Jags headquarters on Sunday. All on the way. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Keep me company. Join the show. Star Star 690-904-362-9901. We kick it off with some Jags talk next. The Roadmap to Success on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, Then I said... Still looking for
0: his fourth career sack. Austin Lane. i spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. I sit here before you right now, and I am surprised. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, they've been together before. Uh, Coach Rick and then, uh, or Coach Wright, excuse me, and, uh, and Philip have been together. So we kind of go back and take a look at some of the stuff they did when they were together in 14 and 15 out at the Chargers. Um, but it's really, it's very similar to what they do. I think it's his offense. Um, you know, Philip has familiarity with the, the offense. Um, so we're anticipating, obviously, we'll see some new wrinkles just because it's a new year and, and stuff like that, but we're anticipating the, of seeing exactly what they've been in the past. That is Jags
1: defensive coordinator Todd Wash. A lot of eyes on this Jaguars defense. You know, if you look at why the Jaguars have X player here or this player there, it usually comes with an explanation from Todd Wash or, or Doug Marone. Good against the run. Right. Good against the run. Listen to Austin talk about Adam Gotsis. Why is he number one on the depth chart at the end spot? Good against the run. Uh, why is Josh Jones? What's he done to impress Todd Wash today? Said good against the run. Why did they go get Joe Schobert? Well, he'll line people up and good against the run. You know, their whole idea is to fix that eyesore of what was. Miserable against the run. It's really the great dynamic of, again, perception maybe versus reality or perception versus perception is what I call it. Perception on the outside of the building versus perception on the inside. See, everybody thinks that their defensive line is terrible, that their defense is terrible because they lost Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, Calais Campbell, uh, obviously Telvin Smith over the last couple of years. Now they lose Ronnie Harrison. You know, so people are like, well, their defense isn't good. Marcel Darius not here. They obviously lose the opt-outs in Al Woods and Rodney Gunter, who they tried to get to replace some of those guys. And so they're like, well, it can't be good. I mean, look at this defense. Who's on it, right? They have so many problems. They have young guys. They have lack of depth issues. They have defensive line issues. You're really going to trust Taven Bryan? Well, I think that's a little bit overdone because that those guys that I just said – They weren't very good last year against the run. Like, they weren't very good last year on defense, and they had those guys. So my Sunshine and Rainbows point of view of this, carry the pail if I need to, is can they really be worse against the run? We're about to find out in the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> that's the answer to that because you got two really good run offenses uh, and two offensive lines coming in. It's, the test is it's going to be in the first two weeks. We will know the answer to that question. We'll know an answer to, okay, can this defense hang around? And don't mix this up with this defense could be elite now. This defense could be 2017. Like, nah, that's not what we're saying. I think the defense can't plug holes. I mean, they could not plug holes enough on that defense last year to stop from sinking. And this defense, I think, in the off season, the only intention, well, there's two intentions probably, to get younger, but also to stop the run. Will their plan and will their attempt to do that work? We're about to find out in the first two weeks of the season, and – if they do that, then they can let some of their talent go to work, and that's Josh Allen and Caleb Calavon Chason in third and long situations. I mean, that's the formula. It's not hard. This isn't rocket science here. It's a matter of can the Jags do it, and they're going to get tested big time in the first couple of weeks of the season, no doubt about it. So we'll see if they were able to fix some of those spots. But if you listen... So what they say, why a guy's playing, what they have confidence in, it goes back to our priority is to stop the run. And while Austin will say often, hey, that's football, that's what you're supposed to do, run the ball, stop the run, I get it. The Jags, though, have not been great at it. And even if you go back to 2017, one of the things I was reminded of when I was watching that playoff game, the classic game we had on Fox 30 a couple weeks ago against the Steelers, even in 2017, they were 21st, I think, in yards given up against the run that year. That was not. Not a good run-stopping team. They were great against pass. It was not a good run-stuffing team. Uh, Got better as the second half of the year went along because of Marcel Darius. And when Marcel Darius went out last year, well, you know what happened. Uh, The floodgates really opened. So, listen, the Jags have a ton of question marks. I'm not saying that. But if they can just stop the run in a respectable manner, they should be in a better situation than last year, even if they don't have the names and maybe even some of the talent that they have had over the last few years. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to tell us. They believe that's the case. They believe they could get better, even though they don't have the star names and the resumes and, and the cap uh, salary cap hits uh, that these defenses had the last few years. I think that's what they're trying to tell us. I think that's why they're a little bit confident that this could work. Uh, now it's just a matter of can they do it? Are they right? Do we believe them? Should we believe them? All those things certainly uh, come into play with the Jacksonville Jaguars, given what they've given us uh, the last uh, few years, especially uh, last year on that defensive side of the ball. All right, here's the deal. I'm going to do a roadmap to success. How you feeling, everybody? Thursday, you got your fantasy football lineup set. You may be... Think you're in a pool, a survivor pool, and you're picking the Chiefs tonight over Houston or the Colts against the Jags. Be careful, though. Uh, And maybe you got a little something on the line tonight and into the weekend. We're getting closer to the weekend, but football's here. You got a little hop in your step. We all do. We should. So why not make you feel even better? And I'm going to give you the roadmap of success for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've thought a lot about this in the last week. Like, all right, how are they really telling us this is going to work? How would they believe that this is actually going to work to some degree? And I want to make that perfectly clear so you don't put words in my mouth and hear what you want to hear. I'm not saying this makes them bona fide playoff and Super Bowl contenders. My ceiling for this football team is eight wins. I think if I said they were Jags were going to win eight wins, they end up eight and eight. People would be pretty happy with that, first of all, or unhappy because they didn't get a top pick. But they also would laugh at that and say, you're kidding, man. I mean, keep carrying the pail and keep sunshine and rainbows in and up. I get it. Uh, And and by the way, I didn't predict that. I predicted it would be six and ten. But if they could reach eight wins, this is how they would do it is the goal. And I've got a six-step plan. What's like the recovery plan or something like a seven-step plan? Uh, This is a six-step plan. It's a detailed one. So here we go. It all begins with number 15. We know that. That's like a foregone conclusion when you describe the Jags. Number one, the Jaguars have to have Gardner Minshew play good football. You have to have your quarterback play pretty good football in this league if you have any chance of winning games. And by the way, this just in, Gardner Minshew is going to have a bad game or two. Let's hope it's just a bad game or two or maybe three. Uh Maybe a little inconsistency here or there. He's just going into year two. He's another new offense. But if he can play above average football, even slightly above average football, that he'll give the Jaguars a chance. Because didn't he show us last year that he's got the moxie and he also has the ability to win games late and put them in position to win? He did that. A few times. Denver comes to mind, but he did it a few times last year. And so you have a belief that he can do it as long as the game is still in the balance in the fourth quarter. The Raiders game also comes to mind, uh, by the way. So Gardner Minshew, who had a very nice rookie campaign, 6-6, six and six, uh, what was it, 21 touchdowns and 6 picks. We've We've all guessed what can his numbers be, what should they be. I don't know where that lands. I'm somewhere around 25 touchdowns or more. I'm thinking 12 interceptions or less would be a phenomenal season uh, for Gardner Minshew. And hold on to the pigskin a little bit more uh, with, with less fumbles, which he did do that a little more when he came back in. But Gardner Minshew, this offense is going to run through him. Jay Gruden has to trust him. And he has to earn more of that trust as they go by making plays. And part of Gardner Minshew, if you've heard us for the last year, ever since this young man came to Jacksonville and started making plays, if there's a knock on Gardner Minshew, he did not show us that he was willing or able to use the middle of the field last year. He didn't. He refused to, or they didn't call the plays to, or the plays weren't there. I'm not putting all the blame on him, but that was definitely a theme. Last year, if I was a defense, I would keep Gardner Minshew in between the tackles as much as possible, and I would dare him to throw in the middle of the field because I haven't seen that he can do that with success in the NFL. Now, I think the Jags have a little more on the weapon front now with tight ends, James O'Shaughnessy and Tyler Eifert to be able to do that a little bit more. Uh, and maybe the open they open it up because Jay Gruden's offense will try to get rid of the ball a little faster, so that will allow him to do some of those things. I don't know the answer to that. Just saying that is the knock on him. He's going to have to overcome that, show that he can do that, use the whole field, because you just can't throw it down the sideline and hope that your receivers make plays and be that accurate all the time. You have to be able to mix it up. Uh, but one big advantage for Gardner Minshew will be the use of the screenplay. Jay Gruden is going to do that. Chris Thompson is here to do that. And Gardner Minshew will have the screenplay at his disposal. And by the way, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, when you see the screenplay, we'll all describe to you what it is because it hasn't been used here in like a decade. Uh, and we can't wait to see it. We think we'll see it on Sunday. So, it goes without saying Gardner Minshew has to play good football, solid football. He does not have to be an elite quarterback. I'm not saying he has to go to the Pro Bowl. I think he has to be slightly above average for them to have a chance at success in 2020. Okay. Number two. So, I don't take, like, the whole three hours doing this. Uh It's just going to happen in this segment. Lunch pail, guys. Bingo. Got the lunch pail out again. Carrying the pail for the Jags. And the The thing about this Jags football team is, if you take Gardner Minshew and you take some of the guys that you think you know on this team, where they came from, the old cliches, the chip on the shoulder, that kind of thing, right? Think about a Colin Johnson, right? He thinks he's better than a fifth round guy. Uh, Lavisca Chenault was a first round guy uh, last year. If he had come out, probably now he's a second round guy. He's got something to prove, and he doesn't mind carrying that lunch pail. Now he wants to go to work and beat you up. So they have some of those guys on this team. I mean, the whole running back room now appears to be that way. I think the offensive line is a little bit that way. They are motivated in the sense that they are overlooked. And in a a sense, I don't think they're a locker room full of overachievers, but I think they have that trait about them. I think that's why Doug Marone continues to say he likes them. He likes his team because I think if you're a coach, you like overachievers. If you're a manager at your work or if you're in a business owner, don't you like the employee that you get more than you asked out of them? And I think that's just the nature of life, and I think it's the nature of sports too. Coaches love that in a player, and they know what to expect from that player. They're going to bring it every day, even if maybe their talent doesn't always allow them to do – you know what another guy could do, and so I think the Jags are overachievers in that sense. And Minshew is a prime example. He is the leader of that pack. Uh, he he is a guy that people doubted coming out of Brandon, Mississippi. He is a guy that people doubted when he went to junior college and then to East Carolina and then even to Washington State and picked in the sixth round and 178th overall and all of that. And there's he's not the only guy, is my point. So I think that gives you. At least the idea that the Jaguars can overachieve a little bit because a lot of these guys already have to get here. And that's a trait when you have a bunch of guys like that in a room, especially in the game of football, I think can help you uh, pull out games at the end. I guess what Marone says, a little bit of handling adversity. Uh, now, talent will win the day, most likely. But I think the Jags will make some plays, even win some games and pull some things out of their hat because they're a bunch of overachievers as well. Now. There's a counter to that. The Jaguars do have some star players. And in sports, your star players have to be star players. Who do we think are the star players of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, the number one guy is Josh Allen, without question. And then on the offensive side, I would say DJ Chark. He's a pro bowler. I would think you could put a guy like Brandon Linder in this category, maybe even a Jawan Taylor on the offensive line. And who knows about some of the others? Joe Shobert comes to mind for me. He's made a Pro Bowl, just signed a $50 million-plus contract. And Miles Jack has the talent to be a star player. I believe that. You might stop right there. If I give you six guys that have potential star player in them, Pro Bowl-caliber players, if you will, you'd say Josh Allen, showbert, maybe Miles Jack, he's got to come to life. DJ Chark's done it. Brandon Linder plays like one. I think Jawan Taylor has a future in the Pro Bowl. Uh, now, we got to remember, too, Andrew Norwell wasn't all pro, so he's done it before. Um, but I don't want you to flip off the, the, the radio dial or YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter if I mention him as a star player because <laughs> I know how people <laughs> view Andrew Norwell. But he has done it before. So – As much as you need your overachieving guys to overachieve and maybe do things that some people don't expect, you need your star players to do what is expected of them. They can't have Josh Allen automatically all of a sudden now fall back to four sacks this year. They can't. He almost has to be a double-digit sack guy. You know, D.J. Chuck needs to be their number one wide receiver. Whether you think he's a number one wide receiver in the league or not, he needs to be their number one wide receiver. He needs to make plays, and at times he needs to make big plays. Third down, make the big catch. In the red zone, make the touchdown. End of the game, go-to guy. Win the route. Win the ball. Get it done. He needs to be that guy. And if you do that and your star guys live up to that, well, then maybe some other stars come to life. Uh, maybe the Calevon Chasons of the world also, sooner or later, arrive as well. So here we are in my six-step plan of success for the Jags. Minshew, exceed expectations, which, by the way, are very lukewarm, unless you're a big fan of them. Lunch pail guys will overachieve, and the Jags have plenty of them. They have overachievers on their team. Stars have got to be stars. Allen, Chark, Schoberg, Jack, Linder, Taylor, those kind of guys, they've got to be stars. Number four. And number five. But we'll start with number four. Lucky. Listen, in sports, you need to get lucky. The Kansas City Chiefs were lucky last year. You know why? Because for some reason, nobody knew this, but we found out that Patrick Mahomes was like double jointed in his knee or something. And we thought it was a devastating injury to end his season. And he came back like two weeks later. They got lucky. They didn't have that devastating injury. Teams get lucky when they win. Sure the Jags got lucky in 2017 when they made it the AFC Championship game. You know why? Everything clicked, everything worked. There was a mess coming out of training camp. No everybody was ready to revolt and then they crushed Houston. It worked well. That was Good luck. That was good fortune. And then on top of that, they played all these backup quarterbacks. That's good luck. That's good fortune. You know, teams, when they win in sports, still need an element of luck. The L.A. Lakers and the L.A. Clippers might be the best teams in the NBA, but they will need an element of luck at some point. A shot that goes off the rim, uh, good health, all those things. They'll need an element of luck. And so where I put the lucky part of it, at least in number four, step number four, is health. The Jaguars are very young in their – Second team depth chart. The Jaguars are very young in general. The Jaguars don't have a lot of known talent on their roster, especially down the depth chart. They need to stay healthy. They need their offensive line to stay healthy. They need D.J. Chark and Josh Allen to stay healthy. They can't afford those injuries. Do they get the lucky break of a Tyler Eifert who has been unable to stay healthy very much in his career? Does he stay healthy this year? And the talent that he possesses shows up here in Jacksonville. The Jags need to get lucky and be healthy. That's number four for me. But that's not just the Jags, by the way. That's most football teams. The Denver Broncos just suffered a huge blow. They got unlucky. Von Miller is not going to be there this year. Jags have to avoid those kind of devastating injuries. Number five, it's lucky part two. And this is kind of going along with what I said a little bit earlier when I was talking about the stars, that maybe somebody else emerges that we don't know a whole heck of a lot about. And I think somebody else needs to emerge on this team that we don't expect. And it might be someone on each side of the ball. It might be two on each side of the ball. I, I'm not saying we need four pro bowlers that nobody would ever anticipate making a pro bowl. But I just think you need to get something out of guys that you didn't expect. Does Taven Bryan come to life? He's the poster child of this. Taven Bryan, to me, is the is the biggest part of that defensive line. If he plays like he practiced in August, like this coaching staff believes he can, like the scouting staff believed he could be when they drafted him in the first round. And it's a giant if. If Taven Bryan comes to life, the Jags have a chance to be better than people think. Is Adam Gotsis really a good player? We don't know a heck of a lot about him. We're going to learn about him. Looks like he's getting that starting spot on the end. How about the James Robinson thing? Did they find something? And we are Googling him (laughs) and trying to look at high school tape and college tape, and yet they found something. That is lucky part two for me. Someone has to emerge because, let's face it, if James Robinson comes to life, well, then why the heck didn't the Jags pick him at all in 12 picks in the draft? (laughs) They would have gotten lucky if that happens. And by the way, part of the luck could be Minshew, right? Sixth round draft pick last year, and could he be the guy? Well, that's part of the luck that could emerge. So I've got four and five be lucky. But by the way, that's not just the Jags team. I'm not sitting here saying, hey, the Jags really aren't good this year. They're probably not going to be good this year, so they need to be lucky to win games. No, I think that happens in sports. I think the NFL, that happens. I think guys on the Patriots have turned into better players at times than – Brady, Belichick, and anybody else ever thought. Guys on the Patriots stayed healthy longer than people thought they could. When you win games, that happens. And a lot of teams in the NFL get unlucky, and it changes the course of the season. The Jaguars need a little luck, and maybe even more than the other teams at times. All right, the last one is this, and this is the ending. Okay, it's a six-step plan for the Jaguars to achieve success. It's a road to success in 2020, and by the way, I mean like eight and eight. Because his team isn't expected to do much. I think the ceiling is 8-8. Eight and eight. If they want to reach the ceiling, they need these things to happen. Minshew exceeds expectations. The lunch pail guys help this team overachieve. The stars are stars like DJ Chark and Josh Allen. They live up to the hype. You get lucky part one. That means healthy because you don't have a lot of depth. You get lucky part two. Someone emerges like James Robinson, Taven Bryan, Adam Gots is better than we all think they are. And then number six, it's rookie production. And this is a tough one. Because you can't rely on rookies to produce in the NFL. Once again, tough to rely on rookies to produce in sports. But if you go back and look now in the NFL, uh, whether it's A.J. Brown and what he was able to do, guys like that perform and really showcase their talent right away. And they do that in sports more never before because younger guys are ready to go or just ultra-talented, and you don't have to wait the two or three years for him to come along and be the guy. It just It's like that in college now, and it's like that uh, in the NFL, and I think we're seeing more and more of it. I'm not saying these guys have to carry the load, but does LaVisca Chenault become a part of this offense that makes you go, wow? Does Colin Johnson showcase what he did in August, and you've got a fifth-round pick all of a sudden catching touchdown passes, and he ends up with a handful of them because he's utilized in the red zone? Does C.J. Henderson live up to be the ninth overall pick? I think he's going to take some lumps early, but is he pretty damn good and better than maybe even some thought when everybody's reaction was lukewarm about him being picked in the top ten? Is Caleb on chase on a stud and it makes us all go by week eight? Who cares that Jan's in Minnesota? Could that be the case? And I'll even throw one more in there, Devon Hamilton, because he could play an interesting role here, Devon Hamilton, uh, given the lack of depth on that defensive front. And he's a third-round guy It was kind of a head-scratching third round for Devon Hamilton. People wondered if it was a little bit of a reach. Well, now it looks pretty good because you need the help. He showcased some things in August. Can he showcase it on Sunday and on Sundays this fall? I think the last part of their success— Because they have so many of them, if you think about it, 33, was it 32, 48, almost 33% of the roster, uh, 30% or so, is their rookies. And I think uh, almost half their roster, 45% of their roster, first or second year guys, they need production at some point from some of the young guys, including rookies, and we'll see if they get it. Uh, James Robinson is in that category as well, by the way. Uh, but that's it. That's my, that's my six step plan to get the Jags knocking on the door of eight and eight. This is not them going to the Super Bowl, but this is them giving themselves a chance week in, week out, win some games that people don't think they can, win some games against a division, win some games against the Miami's of the world on a Thursday night here in a few weeks. If you want to be able to be competitive, And do the things that Doug Marone said he thinks this team can do. I think it takes this kind of formula. The one thing I did leave out, and I think this kind of falls in the lunch pail guys category, is Marone believes this team is not going to shoot themselves in the foot. Like this really organization has done from a penalty standpoint and turnover standpoint for, heck, almost the last decade. Uh, if they can clean up those kind of things. They don't have to play perfect football, but you have to play somewhat clean football. Make people beat you. And I think if they do that from a lunch pail standpoint, that's what you get with overachievers, lunch pail guys, team first guys, p- attention to detail guys. Well, that will help as well. So the six-step plan is this. Minshew exceeds expectations. Lunch pail guys help this team overachieve. Stars are stars. Lucky, part one, you stay healthy. Lucky, part two, someone emerges that we don't expect like a Taven Bryan, Adam gotzus, maybe James Robinson. And number six, you need young fella production. Rookie production, Chennault, Johnson, C.J. Henderson, Chason, Devon Hamilton, those kind of guys uh would be uh, a boon for this Jaguars franchise here in 2020 if you can make it happen. That is my roadmap, sunshine and rainbows to eight and eight here in 2020 for the jacksonville jaguars what do you think about it am i out of my mind is that really that hard probably as i look at it probably hey coming up at four o'clock florida state will go to tallahassee as they play georgia tech and by the way there's a little twist of this game we'll tell you that at four o'clock What should fans expect and what you need to do if you're going to the game Sunday here in Jacksonville? We'll visit that. Then our game of the week in high school football coming up, and it's a dandy. Uh, We'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Austin will join us for some predictions as well. That's a little bit later on. We've got some more football talk, a little NBA as well. And 29 runs by the Atlanta Braves? Holy cats. Would it be bad of me to say, will the Jaguars score... I mean, I think you could do that. Half the teams won't score 29 points in the NFL this week. No doubt. The uh, the ESPN simulated game for the jags Colts had them scoring one touchdown. 34-7 to or something. Was that right? 34-7, yeah. yeah. I don't believe that. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports acts on ESPN 690. Join the conversation. 904-362-9901-star-star-690. Or, of course, on the social media channels, including Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We'll be back right after this. you
0: always want to be a top defense in the NFL um, and it starts up front, starts stopping the run. Um, Coach Walsh always says to the D-line, you earn the right to rush the passer. So I think I want uh, if, if I had to choose, I'd say I want our identity to be a run-stopping uh, machine and then gets after the passer creates a lot of turnovers.
1: All right, all right, I'll sign up for that, Joe Showbert. See all the attention to detail on the run, though. I feel like the Jaguars have basically said they've, like, pushed all their chips in. We even got a little chip here, the Dream 18 Action Sports Shacks chip from last year's uh, tournament. We're pushing it all in. And we're just going to say, you know what? If we do this one thing well, stop the run, we'll handle whatever else comes our way from a defensive standpoint. You know what? If they torch us on our young secondary a little bit here or there, you know what? We can live with that. Did we stop the run? Did we get them in third and long situations? Did they not run for 180 yards all over us? All those kind of things. Did we stop the run? And if they can check that box week in, week out, and at the end of the season, I think in a weird way they would have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means some wins. I don't know if that means 20 points a game on average they gave up. I really don't. But I think the way I feel about this going in, and it sounds stupid, I get it. Hey, just stop the run. If everything else goes wrong, who cares? <laughs> that's not really what I'm saying. But if they stop the run, they will say, mission accomplished, we did that. We fixed that. That was our attention in the off season, and we did it. And then because we did that, these other things went well as well. We'll see if that's uh, the correct answer or not. Stevens on the line right now. Let's bring him in. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What's happening, man? Hey, not much. How about yourself? Hey, just flying solo here, getting ready for a big weekend. Got uh Oh yeah. We got we got some football tonight. I mean everything's happening quite frankly.
0: All right, Brent, I got two questions. Uh one defense and one offensive question for you. Out of uh the defensive line rotation wise, the first rotation being Allen, Avery, Taven, and uh Gostis, which one do you think would do better? Uh, that or chase on, uh Hamilton, Jernigan, or
1: Smoop? Ah, good call. Thanks for the question, man. That's a really good question. Uh, that's Steven checking in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You can as well, 904-362-9901, star, star 690. It's a good question, man. I like that a lot. And, and you're like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean they have depth or they're not very good with their first team? And And the way you say that is – See, I love the idea. The guy that puts it over the top for me or, or potentially gets us in a conversation and a debate is actually Jernigan. And I was a little surprised Gotsis was playing ahead of Smoot, and Smoot did some of the good things last year. And Devon Hamilton might be something. Is Avery Jones getting a little older? How much left does he have? What's his ceiling anyway? Devon Hamilton's ceiling could be better. And now you're going to lose a little bit, on with me. I'm not sitting here telling you Chase Chason's going to be better than Josh Allen. No way. I got Josh Allen all day. But it's a really good question. And my answer would be I would still ride with the first one. One, because Josh Allen is that much better than everybody else on that defensive line, in my opinion. Two, because I don't know what Devon Hamilton is, if I'm being honest. I like hope and, and, and potential, but I don't know. And I know what Avery Jones is, and he's been a pretty good pro. I saw with my eyes at camp that I looked, I thought I was seeing a different Taven Bryan, and that was before the Jags started telling us that this could be a different Taven Bryan. So I kind of want to see if my eyes saw it right, and this is a year he breaks, uh, takes off. And honestly, I have no idea about Adam Gatsas. I really don't. But if that's what they're going to roll out there, that's the reasoning I would still take their first team. But the question is a good one. And what I can't answer is, does that mean they have pretty good depth? Or does that mean they're so bad that their first and second lines could probably play and get the same results? It's a fair curiosity. And once again, I will say the biggest factor of the Jaguars playing pretty good ball the defensive front, will be Taven Bryan in 2020. If Taven Bryan plays well, you could see a defensive line that's way better than anybody expected it to be. If he does not play well, they've got issues most likely. And even though Jernigan could spell him and take his place, I still think that means they have issues. Uh, because they need Taven Bryan to be pretty good. If they want to be a pretty good defensive line, they need him to be pretty good. So that's uh, a great question, interesting one. I'm going to actually throw that out on social media during the break, and I'd love to get what uh, people think. Thanks for helping produce the show today, Steven. I love it uh, when that happens. I want to mention a quick uh, thanks to Fields Cadillac uh, once again for uh, being the title sponsor of Action Sports Jacks Dream 18. As you know, we've been doing this for this will be our 11th year of the Dream 18. And we have the tournament at the Golf Club at Southampton on Monday. It's sold out. Presenting sponsors, law offices, of Ron Scholes and the Jacksonville Giants. Best bet uh, as well. uh, Florida, Georgia windows and doors on board once again plenty of help from Airstream Ventures and the sports teams like the Icemen and the Jags and the Shrimp, the Giants already mentioned, J-U-U-N-F all the folks, so we appreciate everybody it's kind of a sports celebration, we promote local golf, we raise some money for charities like the North Florida Junior Golf Foundation and St. Michael Soldiers, 10th year anniversary for them helping military families here locally Uh, we're proud of it Uh, we're excited to have you a part of it and we appreciate everybody that supports it we're going to have a fun day on Monday. We'll uh, mention some of the vendors, too, that are going to be out there. We'll really have a lot of fun and food and drink and, and all the rest uh, coming along. Uh, and we'll mention those folks uh, that have helped out over the next couple of days. Thanks for hanging with us in Action Sports Jackson, on ESPN 690. Florida State plays Georgia Tech on Saturday right here on ESPN 690. We go to Tallahassee next. What is up with the Noles? What can we expect? They are heavy favorites. Should they be? It's on the way on ESPN 690.